Welcome to the Helen Pedroso podcast. I am your host, Helen Pedroso. And in this podcast, we talk about how to get to our sweet spots by nurturing ourselves, our careers, and the communities that we are part of, the relationships that we are in to other people, to ideas, concepts, knowledge, and experiences that we are building in our lives. So I don't know what today's episode has in store for us, but let's figure out it together. Welcome, everybody. So this is going to be an interesting episode because today we have Ryan Bennett. Did I pronounce your name right? Uh, yeah, it's just rain, like rain, like rain that falls rain. from the sky. Yeah. Oh, rain. I never noticed that. My apologies. I love that. <laughs> no so worries. rain Bennett. And um, we met at starting, we, we met, like we're meeting now. <laughs> like, that's the interesting part about this. Uh, we sort of met through starting block. We started following each other on socials and really digging each other's contents. And today we're kind of having our first conversation after that, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like we're getting to know each other and I, I just want to do this one as a, I, told you before like let's just play by ear and and see where it goes yeah um go. so yeah do you want me to introduce myself do you want to introduce yourself oh yeah i was going to start this by sharing why i started this podcast which i think is a good place for us to start and maybe Perfect. we can do it okay so i started this podcast because um apparently people have a hard time having deep conversations which i have naturally with everybody because i that that's just my way of existing i think i don't really understand how other people live otherwise right. um so uh, this is a place where i just wanted to kind of give that reference to other people who may want that and don't know what it looks like or how to do it or even how to phrase questions i feel like there's so many doubts around like how can you just have an honest relationship with someone else and have a deep conversation mm -hmm. so um i feel like this is going to be very real because legit this is the first time we're talking yeah. so um let's keep it real yeah so this is kind of where i started with this but honestly i just want to again get to know you get to know mm -hmm. each other and see where it goes so lovely want to do this i am all for it okay so you want to go first? You go first. Yeah. What do you want me? I mean, do you want me to just introduce myself? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Rain Bennett and, and I, uh, I struggle with what a friend of mine called multi-passionitis, uh, which means that I am just into and interested in a lot of different things. And many of them could have been career pursuits or, or are, but, um, at some point in my life, it became a real obstacle, a real block, because I found myself spinning in circles from thing to thing to thing, and therefore making no progress, no real progress forward. I made some some achievements here and there, but uh, because of my background, my history, my family, my story, uh, my self esteem is rooted in in productivity, right? And so I misconstrued it as a lot of people do thinking that movement in and of itself is achievement or productivity, and it's not. And so uh, my quest began, be, uh, became to find alignment. And in doing so, I can still pursue my multiple passions because they are grounded 
by a central core narrative thread that weaves them all together. So this is the core, and there are all these things that spring off of that core. So I still get to pursue the things that I'm passionate about, but they all are tied to the same purpose, the same mission, essentially. And so one of those pieces are, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I've done that for 15, getting close to 20 years now which is crazy to think about. But I'm also a writer, a speaker, a podcast host myself, uh, a coach and consultant. Um, there are plenty of other things that, that I could think in, 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 uh, in my career. Um, but they all come back to, to helping people understand how to deepen their connections with the people that they serve through stories and storytelling. And so I do that in a variety of manners, but that's really what I came to found my quote-unquote calling to be and a big epiphany actually happened during that starting block week when we were in New York together. Awesome what was the epiphany do you want to hold it? We can, I'm ready it's, it's loaded <laughs> okay, up it's ready to go. fire or we can hold it uh, so so I don't know if you had one of these scheduled talks with Russ Finkelstein um the coach oh no, but i've heard of that that's magical i've never done it's one of my dreams i want starting walk to come back just for that <laughs> yeah well reach out to him he's a very great guy and we became friends and, and he became kind of a, a mentor slash friend uh we hung out when he came to my city for i think there was like a starting block i don't think it was an official fellowship week but anyway they were here and where i live which is a small town in North Carolina. And so we, we had dinner and we've had several chats since then, but what he offered, he's a career coach essentially. And during that week, he offered these 30 minute slots for people, which isn't a lot of time, but if you're, if you're open and you're kind of know what your problem is, you can unlock some things in 30 minutes, especially with someone who knows what they're doing and Russ really does. And so uh, the quick uh light bulb you know light bulb moment that i had with him effectively created the process and the program that i take people through now to help them find find their passion and find their alignment if they're in a similar situation uh with my coaching clients and what i call it is finding your unique intersections he didn't call it that but he did say the word unique intersections because i had all of these unique qualities about me that made me different my issue was I didn't see anyone navigating these worlds together in, in traditionally or, or in the people that I knew. I, so I would compartmentalize these things. And so my like athletic side would be here. My artistic side would be here. My like business minded side would be here, et cetera, et cetera. Instead of what Russ helped me do is understand where and how those unique qualities intersect to create a lane, which then you can you can pursue and walk down. And if you do it correctly, that lane that opens up for you puts you in a position where there is no competition for you because it is it is completely and uniquely designed by who you are as a person, which just like snowflakes, we are all different because our lived experiences are all different. And so now my podcast is called The Storytelling Lab. I have on expert storytellers that are keynote speakers, authors, storytelling coaches, the same three things that would be on my LinkedIn bio, but they're never competitors because we all approach it differently because we all have different uh, perspectives built off of our unique experiences, right? And so my goal is to help people find their unique perspective on the work that they do by 
revealing the story, their story that 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 shows those unique perspectives from their their intersections, like we talked about. And a lot of people really struggle with that. And so I come to storytelling from a documentary filmmaking background, which means that I don't have a lot of resources. So I have to focus on the story first and less about the 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 bells and whistles and and the details and really get good content. And that that's the, the philosophy and approach that I help people with. So my audience is typically people who are one-person marketing teams, small to medium businesses, or solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, um, nonprofits, people who have a lot to do to create content, and they aren't writers and filmmakers and artists, so they need to keep it simple and focus on the story. Whereas some of the people on my show who could be seen as competitors may come from Google and Facebook marketing teams, or they may come from sales and you know different backgrounds and so that should inform the work that they do and your lived experiences should inform the the way you do the work that you do i love that like you're saying all of this and i know you're seeing my face but for everyone listening like i'm just nodding i'm nodding like <laughs> frenetically because um listening to you like it's so similar like we have so many synchronicities like I, I have these diagrams that I created and alignment is a big thing for me too like mm -hmm. I always tell people like it's not a matter of right or wrong it's a matter of understanding if something is aligned with you or not totally that's such a great point and often we think that it is right or wrong or it's binary or it has to be this way or that way and it's just it's completely not and I say this all the time because people when you put content out online people are real quick to want to poke holes in your theory why it wouldn't work and it's like and i try to make it very clear like this is what worked for me and will help people that are similar to me or have similar paths or experience it's not for everybody and there's a saying that we have in the states here maybe just in the south it's like it takes all kinds and meaning life takes all kinds like right so i mean your approach is going to be completely different than mine and it should be but my path may show you some tips that may help you if you relate to me and so the point of my work or my content is to find or showcase those things that people can relate to, right? And that's where we have that connection. And you learn something from it, great. But if not, you try something else. But I totally hear you on that. It is not a right or wrong. I love it. And yeah, I totally resonate, snap, on everything you're saying. Because <laughs> um, going back to starting block, right? <laughs> Snapping. Um, no, but seriously, it, it is. And you're saying this and my grandpa used to tell me growing up like that for world for the world to be the world it takes it to be to have everything in it mm. so that diversity i love how you're mentioning that because i feel like that's one thing that i feel it's also very and i was talking to yesterday to mega doing another podcast episode i don't know if you met mega she's from india she's in a she's a starting oh, yeah, sure. fellow too yeah so she was saying um how for her it was super important to have people so you can reflect on yourself and, and get that experience. And even um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I feel like so many times when we are on our own, it's hard to see our stories and you're yeah. bringing up this story reflection, right? So um, for me, I feel like there's a lot of things similar to yours. Like I, I designed my diagrams because mm -hmm. I was struggling, because I needed to visualize. I'm a designer, right? So I needed to have the visuals of it and kind of have clarity around visually what was happening to me. And I feel like just listening to you talking about storytelling and art too, like another thing that Rodney, another fellow, I, I'm not sure. Oh, I think you actually met Rodney. I did, right? yeah. He was mm -hmm. a mentor, yeah. So 
uh, one of the things that I actually realized talking to Rodney once was that like, he said, Helen, your design, the thing that you're designing is the art of living. That's your art piece. Like that's what you actually are about because I like painting. I like singing. I like all kinds of right. art. But I think when you are an artist, regardless of your medium, mm -hmm. kind of, it's kind of what everybody is looking for, right? It's sort of sharing life in their own sort of way. And I mean, like, when did you find out storytelling was your thing? Like, is that mm -hmm. your medium or would you say that? Or like, what's the story? Yeah, this is great. Uh, part, of, part of that process. Now, Russ just helped me initiate that process at Starting Block. And it took a few other mentors and business coaches that I've worked with and friends. There's always a blurred line there. Um, if you have a good one, I think, but um, help yeah, me kind of, they help me take that process further. Now I believe, and at least from my perspective, again, it takes all kinds, right? This might not be true for everyone, but uh, specifically coming from like a multi-passionate lifestyle or interest level or whatever, uh, I don't think there's just one thing, one calling. I don't think we have one calling. I don't think we have one soulmate. I think that we make choices and there's a lot of different lives that we could lead, especially someone like me. I know that I could have been something else in life and been successful at it. And I may do that when I'm 50. My mom started her career when she's 50. She's incredibly successful. Um, so I may do those things. I may not, but I know that those stories could have lived had I pursued them, right? And so really it comes down to making a decision, but an educated decision. And so when I did this uh, process and now the process, which I call when I'm working with my coaching clients, finding your unique intersections, and this is the one that Russ helped me uh, originate or initiate. If you like diagrams, it's a three-part Venn diagram, right? You know what the me Venn- Me too! Oh my God! All right, all right. Oh what my are, God! What are your three parts? No. Um, no want and blind spot. Blind spot. Ooh, I like that. I want to hear more about that. Okay. Go ahead. So, so mine for finding your unique intersections are your skills, your passions, and your experiences, right? Your lived experiences. So your skills, what you're good at. And I don't mean today. I mean, what you've always, what you've been good at. If you take 10 people off the street, you would be better than most of them and everything. So it's a brain dump, not just what you do for work. But if you are good at snowboarding, that should be there, right? Your passions, what you love to do, right? What lights your heart on fire? Now, some of those will overlap. That's the point. But some of them won't. There are plenty of things that I'm passionate about that I love that I'm not necessarily skilled at, right? Uh, and then finally, <clears throat> and this is the one that really reveals the most information about how you got there and your unique uh, approach and perspective, your experiences, where you come from, who you come from. Uh, 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 what unique communities you belong to that have informed and influenced the way that you move in the world, right? So you're from Brazil. Clearly, that's different than me, and you will have a different perspective, at least somewhat, based off of that. You're also a woman. That's a big one, right? But you may have played, you know, I, I played soccer. I played football growing up. You may not have, right? So that's, that's something that might have influenced me. I grew up on the water. Um, I had an alcoholic father. Like, you really got to just dump out all the, the unique, uh, you know, I worked in the restaurant industry. All of that counts, right? Now, how it counts and where it really counts ultimately that you have to go through this process. But when you do this and you see the, the handful of things that, that 
fall in the middle of that three-part Venn diagram, <clears throat> then you start to see the pieces that you can work with to, to carve that, that path moving forward, okay? So once I started understanding my unique approach to the work that I do, which like I've already said this, which was uh, understanding, because as a documentary filmmaker, almost always you have no money and you have limited crew and limited time and, you know, and so I had a big film right that I released right before starting block that I worked on as a labor of love passion project for about five years. And after I completed that and we sold it, unfortunately, I started looking, I was like, I can't do that again. Like I felt like I carried this weight up a mountain by myself. And so I needed, this is when I really needed the alignment because I was at the, the next year after that, this was right before starting block, even still while starting block happened, I was just chasing things that I thought could be the next thing but didn't have that alignment. So I was like, let me look at what I learned through this, this past five years, which was how to tell great stories when you don't have a lot of resources. That was really the, the philosophy I had developed. So then I start looking at, okay, once I identify, once you identify your unique perspective and approach on the work that you do, then you have to see what is the, the group of people that would benefit from that the most, that unique perspective. Remember, it, it, it takes all kinds. And so what you need might be different than what someone else needs, but I need to find the people who need my perspective. Now, just when that was happening, it's around 2017, <clears throat> we've had social media for 10 to, five to 10 years where it's been really popular, right? I mean, YouTube is 2005, same thing with Facebook, Twitter a little bit later, Instagram 2012 or whatever. But around 2017, for at least five to 10 years, social media has become a real part of our of our lives and culture and business strategy and marketing strategy now so you had all these people who were content creators now but they weren't writers they weren't artists they weren't filmmakers so ask yourself the question would those people benefit from the knowledge of how to tell great stories when you don't have a lot of resources time money crew skill and technical know-how yes is the answer so that identified who my, the people that I would serve. And now that's why I don't help, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar companies make their commercials or yeah, I don't help, you know, uh, uh, Apple or Sony or Nike or Budweiser tell great stories. They have the biggest and best agencies in the world that help to do that, right? So I help solopreneurs or personal brands, influencers, nonprofits, small businesses, um, uh, you know, basically small, the underdog is the way I like to look at it, like small groups of people that have a lot of work to do and not a lot of time and not a lot of money to do it. That's who I help. And I help them understand that if you understand the skill of storytelling then whatever tool you have access to, I'm holding up my smartphone. If this is all you have, you can connect and make an impression and an impact on your audience. Then as you get better at communication, i.e. storytelling, then you can add tools to the toolbox and you learn how to do cool videos with graphics and that sort of stuff. But if you don't know how to communicate to people through stories, then all of that's a waste. And so many people spend their time looking up what's the best camera, what, uh, what social media platform should I be spending my time on? Should I be on all of them? You know, what mobile editing apps you like, none of that matters if you don't know how to convey your message first. So that's what I help people do. I love that. I mean, it's so interesting because you're saying of your diagram and how you do that. I have another exercise where I do a similar thing. Mm -hmm. I ask people to map their experiences and their skills. And I ask them to acknowledge them 
and see what they mean to them. And that I call mm -hmm. like the design process because to me, design comes from the word designum in Latin, mm -hmm. which means to designate meaning. Mm -hmm. So that's what I help people learn how to do. Um, I am not that skilled with the, the how to tell your story sort of part. I leave that pretty much open. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting yeah, the, of all the intersections. Yeah, the first part of telling that story, though, is revealing the connection to these these things that look like what you do. And so then it, then they can take that information, but that's what they need first before they need to understand. And then I help because of my background as a writer and filmmaker, I understand how to like structure st stories simply. And I take them through that. I have coaching clients this week that the session that we were on was understanding stories and I make them tell me stories and I critique them and say, well, that wasn't exactly the story. You just talked about your mother. Like you, you need to have the arc, right? And once you understand the arc, now you can understand how to communicate with people because really the reason why storytelling is because that is how we have always communicated as people. It just, it's just, it just is right. And we can go into the science and the neuroscience behind it, but I don't want to, you know, nerd out and, and, and bore the people listening, but this is how we communicate. We don't communicate through lists of information and data. We're not, we're not designed to do that. We will forget it. And so you attach it to emotion. You attach information to emotion. And that is how people remember it and retain it. And therefore, that is how we communicate as humans. Yeah, the one way that people explained it to me that I really like as like basis of education, even not just communication, but even education, how we learn is through telling stories by the side of a fireplace or something like, yeah, you know, absolutely. just like by sitting down and telling each other our stories and sharing our experiences. And I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why like, you know, so many of us may be able to remember series, movies, and like books, but not really remember like content for like tests or things like no. that, right? Because no, we don't relate to any of that. No, and and the way, that, at least here in the states, the the education system is exactly like that. Like here's a long list of vocabulary words or dates or events, and then just regurgitate that on a test. And so we can retain that for a little while enough to just pass the test but we never really remember that that's why we always have this second cycle of education in in our adult lives when we're interested in it so now i go back through and i learn a lot about history and i'll remember certain locations or people or, or, or things like that that i had studied in high school but it's like now that i have interest in it and i go back and read it in a story that's what makes me really really latch on to it but just just remembering it so that I can answer it on Friday and then not worrying about it ever again is not a way to do it. However, if you really understand the story, then, then, you know, it's a little bit easier. And that's why historically all of our records have been passed down through stories, right? Even written and recorded stories. But when we get to the point where we're educating ourselves just by like keywords and, and dates and data, it just, it just doesn't work the, the same way. Yeah, and I feel like um, another thing that like you're you're a coach, I'm a mentor, so I think we can relate on that too. And I feel like sometimes um, I don't know how you feel about your clients, but when I'm mentoring, I feel like there's so much that there is to disconstruct on like misconceptions and like understandings of how things should be instead yeah. of making them your own. And mm -hmm. I feel like the storytelling piece like there's a lot of people trying to use the formula or the recipe the w oh whatever gosh. like that all of that and i think all of that is bullshit i don't know what are your takes on that no yeah you're speak yeah you're speaking my language now deconstructing like unlearning 
unlearning is a way to, is a way to put it. We have these models that have been embedded into our head, but you're right where people think that they, they need to follow this exact formula that's, that's been done. And, and formulas are good for a reason, but I mean, I think it's more about tapping into yourself and understanding and understanding your path. The more you understand how you do what you do well and why, and then for whom, then you have the, the, the clarity to, to really live your own life and pursue your own passion and, and build a business out of it. If that's your, if that's your choice. But yeah, I mean, pe people that just try to like follow a set structure with no deviation, <laughs> like they're bringing nothing of themselves to it. You know, I mean, you may be able to replicate someone else's success by following their exact model. But each, e my perspective is each one of us is uniquely different in the world. Like nobody can be you. I did it. My, I had a TEDx talk, you know, in, the, in this fall, and that's what it was based based off of. Of people don't choose you for your expertise; they choose you for your unique perspective on the work that you do. And each one of us should have that because we're all different. Like nobody can be you, nobody can be me. That's literally the one thing in life that nobody can beat you at. And so many of us resist who we authentically are because we think. You're not supposed to be that way. You, you're too loud and abrasive. You're too silly. You can't be funny. I have a friend who's a storyteller, and she's a, a woman who worked in tech, but also comedy was a big part of her life. She got told her whole career that you can't be funny and be in tech. And it's like finally when she quit resisting that because of what people were telling her, she found this unique lane where she existed alone. There are pretty, plenty of comedians, women comedians. There are plenty of women in tech. Well, not quite, not enough. You know, but that was a unique intersection where she, if you typed in, you know, female comedian in tech, there's probably only a few that are going to come up and she's one of them, right? And so your goal, people, is to find the same type of unique intersection so that when people type in what you do, you should be the thing that comes up, right? And, and if you don't have that thing clear in your mind, that's, what you, that's the quest you need to go on to find. It's like, what do I bring different to the table? You should have a different approach as a mentor than someone else, right? And there would be a reason that I would choose you based off of that because I like the way you do things because it helps me achieve things, right? And if it doesn't, then you're not the right fit for me and that's okay too. Yeah, and that's one of the things that like, I think maybe for people listening, they might think, okay, so now they're finding out their competitors. I don't think that. Like, that's, it's exactly what you said. Like, it's what makes you unique. And I feel like the more we have, the merrier, because we need different languages for all of this. That's my Absolutely. take on it. If, if you are concerned about, about competitors, then I feel like you don't have a clear understanding of what you do differently. And the, the, a real easy place, that I said this in my TED Talk, a real easy place that you can see whether this is done or not is on websites. When people talk about like what they do, and if they use terms that are just superlatives and they don't really mean anything, this is what everybody does. Like the one I made fun of was like, we value high quality, you know, and whatever you work, let's say you're, well, you could use any industry that could be uh, uh, the, the, the auto, automotive industry that could be remodeling, that could be dentistry, that could be anything. And also, I sure as hell hope that you that you value high quality. I mean, are you going to come up here and say that you you like low quality work? Like, of course not. So that doesn't separate you from anybody else. But if you say that, you know, I help you tell your stories, you know, when you don't know what the hell you're doing, 
without wasting, you know, without wasting money or buying expensive equipment, you know, using the tools that you have, then that's my clear, unique perspective. Because someone else will say, I help you tell, you know, tell your stories to, to, to book high profile clients, right? Or book higher clients or scale your business, right? Everybody should have their own perspective, but none of, very few people do. You know, we, we go above and beyond. What does that mean? Okay. Like, <laughs> what do you do differently? Right. Um, and, and, and people get caught up in trying to be clever or make themselves sound good at the expense of being clear. Right. And that's the point that I was thinking, like, as you were saying this, I call it clarity. Yeah, like clear. when you understand your own sense of what that means to you, whatever clarity means to you, but like you have that sense and you design that meaning, then I really like, what I always say is like, a human being with clarity is invincible. Like, yeah. because nothing can touch you, basically. We, we, we all should really be on this, this, this quest for clarity, if you will, right? I think that's such a big thing that we neglect and miss. And, and there's, it's really everything. If you, you know, clarity is everything in, in storytelling. Clarity is, every, is everything in understanding what you want out of life. Yeah, uh, it, you know, but so often we try, we complicate things like things aren't that complicated. We complicate. Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like there is so much on decision making that, um, I don't know. I feel like there's so much that we give away instead of understanding what we actually want. Like mm -hmm. one of the things I always tell, like pretty much everybody in my life is like, what do you want? How do you want to remember this? Because that's the thing. I feel like ultimately decision-making is like you're building a memory. That's what it is. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the things that people don't get, especially like when they're chasing things or like they're not connected to what they want. It's yeah. that mindless thing of like, oh no, but let me just chase this opportunity and make mm -hmm. it and this yep. and that. And, but that's the thing. You're not thinking about the story you're making for yourself. Sort of. No. And that question, and I struggled with that uh, a lot, that, that question of what do you want is so hard to answer. Some people don't even try to answer it for people. And that is the most informative question. And it seems simple. It seems like you should be able to be like, oh, I want this. But if you press somebody, if you ask somebody like, what, well, what, what do you want? Oftentimes they have no answer. And if you don't, you have no idea where you're going because you have to identify what that end goal is first. This is what I want out of it. And then you can reverse engineer how you achieve it. And I tell this story about uh, when I finally got accepted for a, a TEDx talk. It had been a goal of mine for a while. But my business coach um, asked me because we were writing our goals list and I wrote TED Talk. And this is when I wanted to become a speaker. And this was right around the time of starting block. And he asked me when I wrote, you know, TEDx speaker, he said, well, well, why? <laughs> and I remember I got a little defensive. Like, I was, what do you mean? What do you mean? Why? Like, why not? Like, why wouldn't I want to be a TEDx speaker? And he was literally just asking me like, well, why? Where does that fit into your career? And I had no answer. And that's because the reason was I just wanted to chase something that was, it was an ego, like check mark to have, you know, to have on my profile, right? Just to say it, it was about the trophy. And there wasn't any real reason. And what he said was, he was like, well, you can have a speaking career. Like TEDx is nice. Don't get me wrong. But like, you can have a speaking career with that. You don't need it for your speaking career. So is your goal to make speaking, you know, more of your business model? Is your goal to get more clients by doing speaking gigs? Because then you don't have to worry about your, your uh, 
sales speaking fee, you can just make connections to people and maybe get coaching clients or video production clients. Uh, like w- this is what we need to establish. Like, what is your goal from speaking? And when TEDx didn't have one, I was like, I didn't really have. So I went on and I didn't get a TEDx talk for four years. But I built a speaking career where I was making good money and, and traveling and, and doing the work that I love to do because I really had to sit down and answer that question, what do you want? I love that you're mentioning that because um, for me, the TEDx experience was, um, I, I've, I've, I've done it like around the time that we met, it was 2018. Okay. I think I went after, like right before starting Block, I gave my TEDx. And it's interesting that you're mentioning this because for me, I had, I have friends, like I've always had friends who did TEDx and I was like, oh yeah, that's great. Like, I don't think I'm ever like going to have anything to say on a TEDx, but that sounds great. Like let's, that's, let's do that. I love it. Um, but then eventually the most, in the most random way possible, like someone who benefited from a volunteer work that I did once was in a commission and invited me to be a speaker. Like that's how random it was for me. And it was like in Amazonia, which is like a part of Brazil I have never been. So I was eating all this food like that I've never thought I would in Brazil, like all of these things. And it was the weirdest type of TEDx too, because it was the first time they were doing it in the city. Mm -hmm. And we like, they were like, talk about whatever you want. And I was like, I'm a designer. I need a brief man. Like you cannot give me that creative freedom. I need, I need something. Give me something. And they were like, just talk about something that's meaningful to you. I was like, okay, like I need a plan because right now I was kind of freaking out. Um, and honestly, I remember I was changing it to like the minute before I got on stage. Like I was still changing it in my head because I was trying to figure out the story I wanted to tell. And so, um, it's it, it's a whole thing, but it's so interesting that you're mentioning this because as I'm listening to you, um, for me, TED was never something I really wanted. Right. It was more of something that happened because it was on my path towards whatever I wanted. So I right. shared whatever, like I, I just launched a book and my lessons from the book. And like, I was, you know, I was just sharing things at this point, but um, it's interesting, right? And I think when we're building our stories, we're also on the path and it's hard to connect those dots too, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't really understand the connection. So like, I'm just wondering like, what are your thoughts around connecting the dots and making sense out of them? Like, how do you do that? That's a great question. I mean, connecting the dots is everything, right? Understanding how your life and your life's events are connected and therefore where they're leading. I think it's imperative to understanding your story and, and, and how to tell it. So really how I help people is explaining the storytelling structure. So when you can understand, when you can look at a movie or a book that you love and understand how to draw where the dots are that are already connected, then you start to understand, you know, how things, how things connect and the meaning that comes from that. Cause that's all storytelling is stories are just ways of explaining the unexplainable or making connections with, 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 with two two different things or two different people and so when i'm working with people you can ask them simply to tell me like the eight story beats of your favorite movie and they always unless they're skilled or or they have practices they always struggle with it they don't know where to begin they don't know what information to include and what information not to so the exercise of understanding Here's the one story. Now break it up into eight significant points and, and each thing has to lead to the next thing. 
that's an exercise and it's a skill in its own that has to be cultivated. And once they do that, I think you start to open your eyes a little bit more and see how things are connected because stories are just cause and effect. So then you see how my job when I was 19 impacted this event that happened later or just changed you know, how I saw the world. But you have to understand that things are more than just, you know, than just the, the events that they are. And you have to find that meaning within them and find really the lesson learned. Stories are about transformation, right? You, you leave the story different than when you came into. And every little experience that you have is a story. It doesn't have to be big and epic or profound. It can be a little one. And so when I look at that job that when I was waiting tables at 19, it has its own story. But that story doesn't exist. Unless there's a real like lesson learned. So how did that, how did that change me? And that's how you start to see how things are connected. When I see that underlying, like the heart of the story, like as I call it, then you start to see how that might tap into other parts, uh, other dots along your timeline that you can connect them with. But it's hard to see on the surface, right? So each story has a surface level story, which is just the plot, the events that happen. But all stories also have this underneath story, this emotional story, which is what the story is really about. And that's what you have to get to. You have to scrape off the surface levels. And it's not just about me waiting tables one summer at a seafood restaurant, right? It's about that I learned, you know, how to talk to all different kinds of people and make them laugh and have a good time or whatever. Or it's that I, you know, whatever lesson that I learned from, I'm just using this as an example, but you can use it with anything. Now, maybe the lesson that came out of that didn't influence my career. But it's the art of asking yourself the question that helps you get better at connecting those dots. So now when I look back at the movie that I made, it took me five years to make, and I analyze it the same way and skim that surface, what did I really learn from it? On that one, the lesson I really learned is totally applicable to the work that I do now. Now I've connected two dots. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to happen with everything, but you have to get you have to get skilled at that art of asking questions and keep asking yourself why, 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 and peel those layers back. And then you start to see what really happened in that journey. Yes, I made a movie and I struggled and I sold the movie to Red Bull TV. But the emotional story, what happened? I found a story that I wanted to pursue and nobody had told before and I wanted to tell it, but I had nothing to help me, right? So I struggled. I traveled around the world. I didn't have any money. I raised a little bit of money here. I went back. I made the first cut. It was terrible. I made the second cut. It was a little bit better. I made the last cut and it was good, but then I had to get it out to the world. So I took it around a screening tour that I did myself. And then I reached out, you know, reached out to somebody at Red Bull and I, you know, sold it and we had a happy ending. But what I learned from it was that I have this skill now of how to tell stories without a lot of resources and how can I connect that with who I want to serve. And that's, and, and that's how I connected that dot. So really, it is a skill to understand how to connect the dots of your life, but it is a skill that I highly encourage people work on and cultivate because it's going to open a lot of doors for you. What would be something that you would recommend for people struggling with that? Like if they are struggling to understand that underneath emotional, like what the lesson was like, what would you recommend for something who someone who might be listening and struggling with that? Honestly, I'm totally biased here, but I would recommend understanding the art and science of storytelling. And it's not just because, you know, that's a that's one you know unique way to do it or because that's what I do, but because that is how humans communicate. So when you're learning storytelling, it's not just this 
side skill that you may or may not ever use. It is human connection or communication. And that's how we create human connection. This is the way we communicate. So when you learn storytelling, you're learning how to convey ideas to another human. That is probably what I would argue the most important skill for a human is the ability to communicate, to take what's in your head and communicate that clearly to someone else's brain. Like that is so, so important. And it's so missed. A lot of our problems come from not doing that well. So if you learn how to do that, understand the questions to ask yourself, I think that's going to really be the way to do it because you understand that what real meaning is behind certain things. And you just, you have to do that by understanding understanding how, how information flows and understanding how, how stories go. Beautiful. Like I, I would legitimately suggest that someone take a course in storytelling and understand that because what that helps you do is it helps you understand that emotional journey that is happening while the, the plot, the physical events are, are going on. You start to see, see the real meaning. And the reason we use storytelling in um, our presentations or uh, you know our speeches and things like that is you tell a story and it's not so much about the events of the story it's about the universal themes or meaning uh, uh, behind that story that's the point that you're getting across so you tell a story to communicate an idea or information but the story you tell often is not is not that idea or information so i can be talking to a group of business people at a corporate event and i can tell a personal story about my children as long as the theme or the lesson or the takeaway is can be applied to their work. So if the lesson is patience or letting go or, you know, whatever, that can be applied to. So that's the real heart of the story is about letting go. It's not about, you know, parenting. The lesson I learned was letting go, and I can apply that to all parts of life. Yeah, so what I'm getting is like, find that place of connection where people can relate to you. Everything comes back to relatability and empathy, right? And mm -hmm. people don't empathize necessarily with the surface level events. It's really the meaning behind it. And so while if I told a story about parenting with a newborn, people would identify and relate to you know, having a newborn and a newborn crying, you know, throughout the night. But what they're really relating to, the shared struggle that they're experiencing, which creates that connection, is the lack of sleep, the self-doubt, the, you know, all these feelings and emotions that come out of it. Emotions are the way that we connect, not, not actions and activities, right? Those are just ways that our emotions come out. So it really comes down to, to tying into the emotion that is felt. And that's why you know, the, the, the fake story that I was talking about with parenting, but I learned about letting go and I told it to business folk, the emotion, you know, understanding how to let things go and not feel this need to control it is, is what connects with people. It's not about the, the surface level story. And so the more people do this and understand it about stories, the more they can see their own life events and see, well, here were the actions and the physical story, but what was, the, how did I feel? And then therefore, when I overcame that obstacle, what did I learn? How did I feel then? Now you're starting to open something up. I totally agree with that. And one of the things that I notice, and I want your take on it too, is like um, there is a lack of education around emotions. Like <laughs> yeah. even I struggled so much and now I teach it to my mentees and people around me, but like, how do you call what you're feeling right now? Like that's a struggle. Like yeah. people do not know how to name it. And I think everything you're saying, like maybe what I'm taking away from what you're saying is like, 
you don't need to name it per se, which is something I focus a lot on, but really like just find that thing that you can explain to people how you felt. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's more important even than calling it like anger or joy or whatever it is. Like, it's just, if you can learn how to describe that in a way that people can understand that, maybe mm-hmm. more important even for storytelling and for communication than actually saying like, I was angry because X, X, X thing. Yeah, I, I think being self-aware is the first step to solving, if not all of our problems, most of our problems. And so many of us aren't. We just react and we don't ask ourselves, why did I get so angry about that? And it's not that we shouldn't have gotten angry. Maybe we should have. But we've got to ask ourselves, well, why? What was it? And is that necessary? Or why do I feel so strongly about this topic? Like, why do I always get triggered when somebody says this or does this? What's really going on there? And so many of us don't do that. And and therefore, we're creating our own blocks because there may be something that we can control within us that prevents that from happening. Maybe it's not about the things that they're saying, but it's about my association with that word or that feeling. And if I can change that, then I've opened up a whole new path or a bunch of new doors for me that were previously being blocked because of something I wasn't even aware of, right? And so it all starts with being able to just pause and ask yourself a question. Yes, and then what comes to mind is that phrase from Starting Block 2 that I really love and I keep repeating everyone. I never remember who said it, but it says, um, until you bring it, whatever it is, to consciousness, Mm -hmm. you will be a victim of it and you will Mm -hmm. call it destiny. And that's exactly what's coming to mind. Like you're saying awareness, right? And I, I think it's the same thing. Like, because when you bring it to awareness, then you can actually resignify, you can work with it. But until right. you don't, you can't. You cannot do better until you know better, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. So, so. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, um, we're coming to an end of our time together. So um, I just wanted to ask you, uh, for everybody who's listening, like, any final words, tips, advice? Um, I I, I want to like just recommend that everybody follows you. Um, I know that you have a lot of free content online that may help people with all of these struggles, and I'm sure they can learn a lot from you. Um, so yeah, any final words? My final words would be I, I would urge people to really try to find and identify your unique perspectives and approach to the work that you do in the world. That is my thesis. That's what the TED Talk is about. That's what the work I do with people in storytelling is about. That's the real purpose behind the work. The vehicle that I use is storytelling. But this is what I'm tapping into because I had to navigate this journey of figuring out my way forward is by understanding how do I view the world differently than other people, but specifically other people in my field or in my arena. And once you separate yourself like that, then you eliminate competition and you just exist in your own in your own lane and you can effectively and this isn't for everybody like we said it takes all kinds but then you can effectively build a business just based off of who you are as a person and the the era that we are in now especially we're not even post pandemic but right the great resignation as they call it like more than ever before people are pursuing their passions and a lot of people don't know how to now i've pursued my passion for almost 20 years and it has not been an easy road but I've done it because that's the only way I can I I can live. I, I I don't fit well. I don't do well. I've had corporate jobs for short term periods, and it just it doesn't work well for me. I like to to be the ma- you know the master of my destiny, whatever you want to call it. I just I I didn't fit into a mold a, as I saw it. Doesn't mean I couldn't work well in a job, but I really love doing the work that I do and doing it my way. But it took a long time for me to realize how I do it differently, and therefore it revealed 
who I would serve most effectively. And now I can kind of drive things where I want to, and I can focus more on speaking if I want to, or I can focus more on this, but I understand, you know, my path. And so I was able to build a business like my family doesn't even really know what I do. Like, they're like, what is it exactly? They know I speak, they know I write, they know I make films, but they don't really know what I do because all I do is I just be me. I talk about the things that I love. I help people with the things that I know how to do and have learned. And, you know, I pursue the things that I want to pursue. I've built a business based off of who I am as a person. And that's a goal that I think a lot of people might share. And if they do, if you're listening and you do, then I urge you to find what is unique about your approach or, or perspective. What is your philosophy? What is your thesis on life or the work that you do in the world? I think that's lovely. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm like thrilled that we're having this conversation because I'm getting out of this conversation feeling like, okay, we are doing this work together. Yay. Yeah. Like partner. I feel like, yes, we're doing this. <laughs> um, I resonate with everything you said. Um, I awesome. feel like, you know, I'm very curious. I, I wish we can talk more at some point about, yeah, we can. well, you know, your methodology, my methodology and stuff, because I feel like very, very synchronous things, resonating, resonating things. Um, and again, everybody follow him. Um, totally. I've been following him for a while and I have learned tons. So I feel like oh, I that's a good, from my own experience, I feel like that's, um, just an advice that I would like to give. And also just thank you for participating. It's been lovely. And also like, what a way to have a first conversation with somebody, right? So like, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much. Well, I knew, I really I knew it would be great. Yeah, I knew it would right? be great. Yeah. yeah, me too. I was like, yes, today is the day. We're going to do that. So um, yeah, once again, thank you so much. And uh, we'll have all of your description handles, things for people to follow you below. So Sounds yeah, good. Lovely. thank you. All right.